Welcome to the Effortless Swimming Podcast, the show that helps swimmers and triathletes love the water, become a better swimmer, and live a better life. Here's your host, Brenton Ford. Welcome to the Effortless Swimming Podcast. My guest today is Quest Meeks. Quest, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, man. It's a pleasure to be on. I'm, I'm excited to even be in the position to talk swimming with someone based on how horrible my swimming was when I started out maybe a few years ago and even as recently as a few months ago when I signed up as a stroke analysis member. So it's great to be on for many reasons. Well, I'm, ex- I'm excited to have you on because when you sent that message, uh, maybe it's like a, a week or two ago, um, you basically said, oh, I, I swam 1,150 yards continuous. Um, and it, so it wasn't a fluke the first time I, I did it. I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, that is, that's awesome because um, you started, well, like we started working together fairly recently and your progress over that time has been really, you know, it's been really impressive. So I thought it'd be great to have you on the podcast to share what you've changed and what you've gone through to, you know, go from almost a beginner swimmer, you know, making 50, mm-hmm. 100 meters and, and kind of struggling to get further than that to then um, where, where you're at today, being able to swim over a, a thousand yards continuously and just feeling much more comfortable in the water so um to sort of kick it off where like what's your background with swimming did you learn to swim as a kid at all or is this just something you started as as an adult yeah so uh originally like didn't learn to swim as a kid at all no swim lessons anything and the interesting thing is i recall growing up i grew up mostly um just south of seattle and washington state and I had friends who would go to the lake during the summer and I always wanted to go. And I think my, my parents were always told me no, but were really concerned because uh, they were like, hey, you don't know how to swim. You might drown in the lake. But at no point did it click for them or for me to say, like, let's get swim lessons and then you <laughs> yeah. can go to the lake. It was just like, don't go to the lake. So all throughout my childhood, no swim lessons, didn't do any major swimming. Um at some point in like my late teenage years to early adulthood, I came to believe I had the ability to like mimic breaststroke so that I could like, if I fell into a pool, I could, I could mimic that and that would get me out of the pool, which maybe happened once or twice in life. And it wasn't until I took my first job after grad school, uh, which was based in Southwest Georgia. And there just like, wasn't a lot to do, wasn't a lot going on. So I found all sorts of ways to fill my time that I stopped and thought like, it's a little ridiculous that you don't know how to swim. And your best case scenario is maybe you fall into a pool and you mimic breaststroke and then you won't drown that way. So I actually signed up for an adult swim class. This was at the age of 25 in, at the YMCA in Southwest Georgia. And this adult swim class was taught by a teenager. And just like a bridge version of this story is, you know, I'm already pretty self-conscious as a 25-year-old going to this adult swim class. Um, as it turns out, I was the only person who had signed up for that session of the adult swim class. So when I arrived, I check in at the front desk and say I'm there for the adult swim class, which is, you know, I had to get over a bit of my embarrassment to do that. And mm-hmm. Everybody, the, the person at the front desk, they called the manager over who was managing the facility. It was like, what are you talking about? There's no swim class uh, because they had internally canceled it because I was the only one to sign up. Oh, nobody, nobody had told me or called <laughs> me or, or communicated with me about it. So here I am in my swim trunks. I've got my flip flops on and I'm just like it ends with me sitting in the facility manager's office, just like explaining like you know, everything I've shared with you so far, like, no, I never took lessons as a kid. I don't know how to swim. I got up the courage to sign up. And so basically after hearing my sob story, I think she's felt bad enough for me and ended up, uh, there was a lifeguard on duty uh, who was a teenager. And she asked her whether she would be willing to just like start teaching the like four week series swim, swim class, which would only be me. And I, you know, I don't want to put too much on the young lady, but suffice it to say, uh, she was nonplussed about the idea of teaching a swim class <laughs> that day and certainly not teaching me, which she made clear with her facial expressions in the <laughs> office to her boss with me sitting there just looking up there. Oh, and she's man. like, you're going to do it. So we head out and it's like me and this young lady and she's going to teach a swim class. And I get in the water and she's asking me about my history of a swimmer. So she knows where to start. And I tell her all the things I've told you. And um, she says, all right, well, you say you can mimic breaststroke, like show me what you can do. Um, And at the same time, some of her friends from school were at the pool. And so she's sitting poolside talking to them. I start doing my 
mock breaststroke and I have pretty decent upper body strength. Don't know any form other than I'm just doing this. And like, <laughs> I've got my goggles on, I kind of put my head down and I'm going. And I finally just get to the point where I'm like, all right, I'm a bit tired. I feel like I've shown her enough what limited skill I have. So I stop only to realize I've swam into the deep end. So I go to <laughs> push my feet down and I then can't touch the ground. And I look down and realize I'm in the deep end. I freak out. I start flailing and struggling. I can kind of see out of my blurry goggles with water splashing all over in front of me that I seem to have caught her attention. And I just start doing, <laughs> I play out, you know, uh, I play out what the, the the fear I'd had my whole life of like, well, you'll fall into a pool and you're going to have to use the spot yeah, breaststroke right. to get back to the shallow end. And I get back over to her and she goes, is everything okay? And I was like, no, swim lessons <laughs> over for the day. And so that was my first swim lesson. And that just wasn't a good start for me trying oh, to, to get comfortable in the water. But with that said, I never had any fear of the water or putting my face in the water or anything. So that was how I started with swim lessons. And I finished that series, really didn't end up with any more skill than I'd started with, which was, all right, I'm not going out to anybody's lake or river uh, for recreational swimming. I'm not coming to a pool for recreational swimming. I'm not swimming laps, but I feel a little bit more confident in my faux breaststroke if I fall into a pool because it's <laughs> battle tested, it's field tested at this point. <laughs> so so I kind of left swimming at that point, felt like I'd checked the box and at least taken an adult swim class and I left it alone. So flash forward um, to, so this was, uh, that was when I was, um, 25. So that was probably 2008. So flash forward to about a decade. Um, I've had a few jobs in my career. I've moved around a good bit and I'm living in New Orleans and I get the bright idea. I have this buddy, uh, Trey Monahan, and he and I um, take turns putting the battery in each other's back to do kind of these crazy things. So uh, we signed up for and ran ultra marathons together. Uh, we signed up for and trained to do the Murph, which is this kind of really physically involved, uh, what's become a CrossFit workout, but was started by, um, this Navy SEAL that was killed, killed in action and a workout he used to do on military bases. And it basically involves doing all these, um, pull-ups, push-ups, and squats with a 20-pound vest, and I'm not a very big dude at all uh, and not super strong, so the idea of being able to pull that off with the vest on seemed impossible, and so Trey and I signed up and did that together, and it, it all, the common thread is, you know, I personally, and I think, think Trey shares this vision and thought, like to sign up for things that seem physically impossible when we sign up for them, and so we kind of centered around this idea of doing a half Ironman, mind you, Britain. I have never done a triathlon in my life. At the time in 2018, when we decided on this, I did not own a road bike or any bicycle. And my swimming skill at that time, I had left off a decade earlier with my uh, four-week swim class with the YMCA high school teacher. So as far as I'm concerned, you know, I, I am a runner and I was a runner and we'd done uh, ultra marathon at that point. So the running piece of it, fine. Cycling, I can get there, and but wanted to sign up for this because the idea of being able to swim 1.2 miles still to this day seems impossible. It seems more probable now after working with you, but in 2018, I was like, I'll never be able to do this, so let's sign up hmm. for it and try it and push ourselves. <laughs> so 2018, the, the, we're going to do a half Ironman, and uh, really where I need to put my focus is swimming. So my buddy Trey, he can swim, has been a good swimmer his whole life, uh, grew up uh, and as a, his family had lake properties. And so they'd spend summers on the lake. So he, he would, would have been one of those friends who was going to the lake that I would have just not been able to join. So I, I got to get swimming right. And so my next foray into swim training was I thought, man, I, I got to start with some some basics. I talked to a few folks who are triathletes and triathlon coaches who had done half Ironmans in New Orleans and gotten pools. And they were like, man, your swimming is really bad. You got to get some basics down. So I found a uh, local swim class by this guy who I don't know if this is his real name or just a moniker he goes by because it makes sense in his profession, but his name is Mr. Fish. <laughs> and so <laughs> he, he was teaching uh, children's 
and adult beginner swim classes. So I signed up for the 10 week series with Mr. Fish or it might've, it was 10 lessons. It might've been two lessons a week with Mr. Fish. And the first day I go, we get in the pool and it's me and maybe four or five other adults. And, you know, the first thing, you know, uh, Mr. Fish has everybody do is like, let's spend 20 minutes getting comfortable with the water. And so we're putting our face in the water and blowing bubbles. And it just was like, that was not my mode. And, uh, to be clear, I'm not denigrating anybody who starts at that point because there are people who you got to start where you got to start. But I'm highlighting that because I think in some of what we'll talk about, one of the things that kept me from progressing initially was I had this concept and I would hear over and over that you have to get comfortable in the water to be able to swim well because relaxation makes it easier for you to glide, float, and those things. And I, sh I struggled making that click because – I'm not afraid of the water. Like, even though I swim like trash, like I'll get in the water, I'll put my face in the water. I'll try to float in the water. And as long as it's not in the deep end and there's no real risk of drowning, like I don't have that in like entry level, level of fear of the water. And so mm. Mr. Fish started everybody with kind of blowing bubbles. And I was just like, Oh man, I, I need, I need the, uh, the cliff notes of this. I need to flash ahead something. Cause like, this is, I know what I need to do. I'm on a mission. I've got to be able to swim 1.2 miles and I'm not going to get there blowing bubbles in the water. So we largely did that. And like they, you know, Mr. Fish was great. Uh, I think for the lessons that he provided for really what his target demographic was, you know, I came out of those 10 sessions with probably like a, a greater confidence where I think I could comfortably start at one end of the pool and swim to the other end and not worry about, <clears throat> drowning in the um drowning in the deep end like i'd swim past the deep end into the other side of the pool so that was progress but nowhere near the progress i would need to attain to to be able to swim the half ironman distance and so i i started talking to more half ironman coaches um a few folks who get who were kind enough to give me pointers on swimming but really it, i kept running into the same problem of <clears throat> folks would say like look i can train you in your overall triathlon training your overall half ironman training and i can even give you swim sets as part of that overall training but there weren't a lot of folks who um were swim specific coaches geared towards working with people who were generally athletic and had this goal of swimming distance for whatever reason, but starting at the beginning. Uh, and mm -hmm. so it was kind of this gap of a need. I didn't need the uber beginning coach like Mr. Fish, but I also wasn't advanced enough to take the swim sets given by the triathlon coaches. And so something significant happened in kind of my, my swim journey. I ended up taking a new job and moving to New York. And I met this guy who, um, uh, runs an organization or, or a group he calls CANAW, C-A-N-A-W, uh, stands short, it, the abbreviation for can and will. And the whole focal point of his organization and the philosophy is similar to the very thing that guided me and Trey to sign up for all these physical feats and for me to sign up for a half Ironman knowing good and darn well I, I don't swim. Uh, the idea is that you're pushing your mental boundaries and limitations. If you believe you can do it and you put in the time and energy, um, then you can get it done. So <clears throat> he and I put in some work uh, in pools in New York. He really was the first person and coach to push me um, and was the first coach to be in that kind of sweet spot of, I understand you're an athletic person. You have this significant athletic goal, but we need to start you with the basics and we'll push you along the way. And so we were starting to work at a good clip, had gotten to the point where I could probably swim 50 yards without feeling the need to stop or being completely exhausted. But ended up having to in that training because I um, I've had uh, Crohn's disease since uh, my last year in college. And it just started to, with the change of the new job, I was traveling a good bit. Uh, the New York pace of life is a bit faster and a bit more aggressive and just like things went completely haywire. And so ended up getting really sick on that front, had a, a rough end of 2019 that was a rough 2020 generally altogether aside from the issues with the pandemic, but also ended with me having three major surgeries at the end of 2020. So it just put a, a halt to any of my physical activity being uh, sick from Crohn's for most of that year and then trying to recuperate from surgeries. And so um, got through those three surgeries in August, October and December of 2020. And then, you know, January, 
really kind of renewed my my focus, my verb, my like desire to push myself kind of in many forms, but really physically, because I, after all the surgeries, I had just such a renewed appreciation for you're not promised uh, physical well-being and health. And so if you find yourself with it, you know, cherish it and, and do with it what you want in the time that you have it. And what I choose to do is really try to push myself um, you know, to see what's possible and, and really exceeding like mental boundaries. And so I really started to focus and fixate again on this idea of doing the half Ironman, because in my mind I had unfinished business. Um, and it still seemed completely impossible to be able to do the swimming portion because where I'd left off, um, midway through 2019, I could only swim 50 yards without being completely exhausted. So, I started working with some um, physical therapists based in New Orleans. These guys, um, Niraj and RT, who run the Stride Shop, and they focus on physical therapy with runners. And so we started working on um, trying to get me back to running form because that's always been my base to the extent I, I consider myself an athlete in my adult age. I'm, I'm a runner. Um, but really what they helped me do was when I walked in to see them for the first session in in january of 2021 um post the three surgeries like i was struggling to stand up straight because i'd just kind of been hunched over and and kind of really feeble and not able to walk more than a few blocks at a time without getting exhausted so what they helped me do with the ultimate goal of getting me back to running was just really start to rebuild my body um and so we went through that process and Maybe about five or six months into that, where I finally was comfortably jogging and running and standing up straight and able to work out with the good folks at Cypress Fitness and lifting weights and felt strong in my body. Um, I just kept, I started to probably in, I want to say it was May or June, I just started often to hear like the voice in the back of my head saying, but swimming. You know, uh, <laughs> you're hitting these strength sessions and my, my, my trainer is, uh, Brian with Cypress fitness. And like, I was doing stronger than I had been and like feeling good. And every time he'd like put significant weight on, um, the, uh, or hand me significant weight, whatever the exercise was, I do it. And I swear I would hear this voice, but swimming and the same <laughs> thing with the stride shop guys. Like I started running and like got from walking to jogging and I'm running again. And I, I finished running five miles for the first time and feel good. And just have it here, but swimming. And so I started to go down that rabbit hole again. And so started the same process where I'd left off a few years before I reached out to triathlon coaches that live in and around the new Orleans area. And it was kind of the, the same process. Folks were incredibly generous with their time, met with me at pools, watched some video that my girlfriend was kind enough to shoot of me in pools and it was back to that same spot of like, look, man, here's the exercise you need to start. You need to be able to do the swim work. These were, these are the swim workouts you need to be able to do to start down the path of training for a half iron. And people gave me advice about, you know, what I needed to do to get stronger in swimming. But these folks were are triathlon coaches, not really just swim specific coaches for athletes. And so they're like, I don't have a lot of time to just meet you and watch you and help you focus on swim. And mm -hmm. so I, started getting in the pool more because one thing I heard heard consistently from folks is you have to swim. You got to get in the pool. So I started forcing myself to go three times a week at minimum, no matter how much time I spent in the pool, no matter how much I, I at many yards I swam, just go to the pool, get in the pool. And I, um, I even signed it up. I signed up for, after a recommendation from a friend, I signed up for um, a quarter of tower 26. And those guys are top notch. I've, I've heard, um, I know, I think you've either been on coach Jerry's podcast or vice versa, or maybe both. So I think that they are really good coaches and have like a great program, but where I, where it wasn't the right fit for me was again, that same problem of I joined in during the race ready phase and I would look at some of the swim workouts and I was like, race ready, man, I, I, can't only, <laughs> I can only swim 50 yards without, without stopping. And, and to give some context, because I know the, uh, one of the big reasons you wanted to chat with me um, was there are probably a lot of folks who listen to your podcast, who consume your content and social media that are similarly situated in terms of starting off and, and, and trying to build significant swimming ability. When I say I could swim 50 yards and then would be gassed or tired, 
and I timed this because I kept having the conversation with people and they wouldn't understand what I meant when I said, I'm guess I, I would swim 50 yards and I would need at least three minutes and 45 seconds <laughs> before I could swim another stroke. And I wasn't like swimming 50 yards, taking three minutes and 45 seconds of a break <gasps> and then swimming another 50 yards. That was if I wanted to swim another 25, like that's how gassed I was. Um, so, you know, I had access to all of the, or the, to the tower 26 workouts kind of that came out week by week and I would look and I'd be like, I'm not doing four sets of 100 anything. I can't do one 100. <laughs> and, and one of the big things that jumped out to me that made me think like, I've got so much work to do and this might not be the right resource for me at this time was like, they would have you put in your hundred yard, your best hundred yard time. And I was like, zero, I can't do it. <laughs> I physically can't do it. So I got nothing. And so I think at the same time, as I was starting to realize like this might be a more advanced resource than will work for me at this time, I signed up for the Effortless Swim annual subscription, which, you know, you know, well, I don't need to explain to you your product, but like it gets you access <laughs> to uh, a lot of the workouts and lessons and videos that you have available. And I was like, okay, I'm going to just start consuming content. I'm going to watch YouTube videos. I watched a lot of Effortless Swim YouTube videos. I watched some Tower 26 YouTube videos. Um, there were a few other resources where I just like, I'm, I'm a visual feedback learner. Um, so when I'm trying to do something, I want to watch people who do it well do it. I want to then try it. And I'm usually best if I can videotape myself doing it and I can watch it and I can see the difference between the way the person who does it really well does it and how I do it and what's off. And then I can do that as a loop and try to get better and better. So yeah. I just started watching as much video as I can. And I started getting in the pool and, um, I would go and I would work out and just like, I was getting more fit. And I know this because just by watching more video, doing as much as I could of the tower 26 workouts and just modifying them to my ability, which to be clear, if they listed four, four by 100, I was doing eight by 50 with like a good three minutes in between. And it just, that would be, I would either have to, I wouldn't do eight by 50. I'd just do two by 50 to, so that I wouldn't be in the pool for hours and hours. And mm -hmm. so I finally got to the point, I want to say it was July or August. Um, so late summer, I swam a hundred without stopping. And I can't remember the exact time. I think this is right, but it was like 2.14. And I was, when I say I was gassed, I got out of the pool. I was done for the day <laughs> because I thought I might have an asthma attack and pass out of the pool and drown in the shallow end of this pool I was swimming in. <laughs> but I was so ecstatic that like I could put a time as slow as I thought it yeah. was, that I could put a time into the Tower 26 page but it also made me realize like, okay, th there, I have the ability to progress. This rate of progression is too slow to be able to swim, to do a half Ironman by the end of 2022. <laughs> but yeah. it, it, is, it is a more significant rate of progression than <laughs> going from 25 yards to 50 yards over 10 years. So I'm an optimist by nature. So I was like, all right, we, we got something to work with. And I think it was around that time that I know exactly. I was, I was struggling to remember what caught my eye about the effortless swim stroke analysis subscription. I know exactly what it was. I was listening to one of your podcasts and in that particular podcast, you advertised that um, you were going to offer like a stroke analysis of one video for a member. You're going to pick somebody at random. And I was like, oh, let's see if this ends up being worthwhile. So I sent the link to my video, wrote you a note, and then it just got me thinking. And I sent you a separate note asking for details about stroke analysis, uh, the stroke analysis subscription. And I realized, you know what? If I want to fully commit to this, you seem like from all of your content that I'd cons consumed, um, you really understand swimming. You have a, a, a good brain for it. And I was like, look, this, I'll, I'll pay for the stroke analysis. We'll 
try it for a bit and either we'll see some more significant progress than going from 50 yards to 100 yards in two months or we won't and i can at least say i tried it um and i will say that i'll confess that i like a lot of people these days um before making that decision to join the stroke analysis membership really fell victim to this idea that there's a hack for everything i mm. i I think that in a lot of ways when I was watching YouTube videos of swimming or listening to podcasts about swimming uh, or getting advice from local triathlon coaches or people I had the benefit of talking to, you know, I kept thinking like, oh, you know, there's one type of workout. If I just do that type of workout three times a week, then by you multiply that by however many sessions and in two months I'll be swimming. And it, it just ain't that. It ain't that. You got to put in yeah, the work. It's not a go nice through the secret to it, is it? No, yeah. not at all. Not at all. And so I signed up for the stroke analysis and it has been phenomenal. Not, uh, not to overly plug you on your own podcast, but <laughs> I, I give credit for my progression from somebody who at best could do a hundred yards without stopping to now I can, I'm going to have to swim this week. I'm going to comfortably be able to go out and do 1200 yards without stopping to having the stroke analysis subscription because one, I think you you have amazingly high swim IQ in terms of coaching, having been a swimmer yourself. I think your level of patience was phenomenal and helpful. And then for me in particular, that audio feed or visual feedback loop that I described earlier, which is the best way I learn, it's great because then I'm getting the benefit of not only I can watch all the swim video of people who swim really well that I want on YouTube and through at the effortless swim general subscription that you have the videos you have available, but also then I get the benefit of watching my swimming and then having your feedback and analysis of my swimming. So that it, it highlights and pinpoints exactly what I'm doing wrong and what I need to focus on. And we just keep sending videos and we see what gets better. We see what kind of what got better and maybe what got worse. And so that's, that's mm. been that's been, I think, the difference maker along with a few other things. But I realize I've also kind of been – I ran you soup to nuts. Um, <laughs> I want to make sure I'm, I'm – I have a gut – I have a, a few more things to, to share that I think were helpful in terms of what were the difference makers for me getting me to the point where I could swim more than 1,000 yards without stopping. But I want to make sure I'm, I'm talking about the things that you think will be helpful for your listeners too. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate the uh, the sort of history of your, your swimming there because mm-hmm. I, it's particularly that first lesson you got as a twenty five year old. I, did, I didn't know about that, and yeah. to come back and you know be willing to swim again when you've uh, had that experience, oh, yeah, you know, good on you because uh, you know it's it, it takes a lot of courage to um, for I think for adults to go to the pool and accept I'm brand new at this, I don't know anything, and to like, just being in your bathers sometimes like oh, your, your swimsuit, you know. That alone could be enough of a deterrent for people to want to start swimming. So, oh, uh, I, I can tell you, I had all of it, my friend, uh, and I went through this. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I was going to public pools in New Orleans, and I'd had friends who were swimmers in high school say, and a, a couple like reading, going down the rabbit hole of uh, researching triathlon swimming technique. Everybody was get some jammers, get some jammers. You got to have jammers because that's going to reduce drag. That's what's going to make, you know, give me look like a real swimmer. And I will, I took a pair of jammers to the public pool in New Orleans and there was a kid swim class happening. And I will tell you, it was like one of those record stop moments when I came out of the locker room with my jammers <laughs> on, all of the moms watched me get into the pool. And I was just like, this is, this is horrible. And then on the flip side for, I had a stint of being a member of a master swim group that I would get up and go swim at, try to swim at five in the morning. And it just was past my skill set at the time. But having had the bad experience at the public school, public pool with the jammers, I then just wore regular swim trunks. And then all these folks are in jammers and speedos and they're looking at me like the smuck who doesn't yeah. know what he's doing. So exactly <laughs> so- to your point of, just having comfort in your own skin and going to a place where um, you're not used to being in and around pools. So everything is mystifying and you always feel you're mm. worried and more self-conscious about taking the wrong step or being viewed as a person who's an outsider in the space. So I, I've had that too. Yeah. A quick note from our sponsor. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Form Swim Goggles. With these goggles, you don't have to look at the pace clock anymore or be one of those swimmers in the pool always grabbing for their watch. 
With Form Smart Swim goggles, you can see all of your key metrics while you're swimming. Distance, pace, stroke rate, they've got it all. And the swim data is displayed on the goggle lens and you can customize the display to see the metrics that you want to. And I was worried that it was going to be distracting, but you can literally see through the display, the metrics are always there, but you have to choose to focus on them. It's really impressive. And it makes hitting intervals or any kind of specific training much more manageable and achievable. And the goggles track it all. It's automated. So from the time you start your session to the end of the swim, you don't have to press any buttons in between. It automatically tracks everything. Form also works with a bunch of the best pro athletes out there, including Lionel Sanders, Sarah Crowley, Hannah Wells, and Olympic champion Usama Maluli, to name a few. These form goggles are for all types of swimming too. One pair of goggles, and you can use them in the pool, the open water, you can use them in swim spas and endless pools too. So the same pair of goggles can be used in all of these different environments. The battery life is incredible too. One hour charge is 16 hours of swimming time battery life. And you can have the display on either your right or your left eye. The goggles themselves come with anti-fog solution that's used in dive masks. So it's great in terms of quality. And there's a protective case with a nifty drainage solution. So after you swim, you can store them safely. And while the goggles connect to the Form Swim app on your smartphone too, they will sync with the Form app. And there you can review all of the details of your swim. And you can see what other swimmers are up to in the Form Swim community as well. I'm a big fan of these goggles. I was really impressed when I used them. And I use them for a vast majority of the sessions that I'm currently doing. To find out more about the Form Swim goggles, go to formswim.com. And you can use our coupon code EFFORTLESS at checkout and save $15 off your order. Back to the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. And I, like at the end of the day, uh, yes, it, it's un- it might be uncomfortable at the start, but like I, I think at the end of the day, people are only really concerned about themselves. You know, it might be a brief moment where they look over and go, okay, there's a guy, uh, yep. he's wearing jammers. People don't wear jammers at this pool that often. So that's that's interesting. But at the yeah. end of the day, they're not going home and thinking, of, thinking about you. So that's what I try yep. and keep in the back of my mind if I ever feel like I'm um, you know, standing out in, in, in the wrong way. Um, yep. But I, I want to go... Back to um, when you, so when you first joined the, the membership, you sent a video through for our monthly members call, which we've got mm-hmm. one coming up today. And uh, and so I analyzed your, your video there. And I, from memory, like one of the main things that we looked at there was you were kicking really, really hard. Really, like I, I could say, and I was like, man, if I was kicking that hard, I wouldn't be making 50 meters either. Uh, yeah. And actually, I, I filmed a, a beginner freestyle course. So after um, worked with you and there's a couple of other swimmers in a, sort of similar situation I've worked with recently in the stroke analysis membership. I finally filmed this beginner freestyle course for people who are struggling to swim 50 or hundred meters. And one of the things I had to do for that video or that course that we'll be releasing soon was I had to do some of the incorrect things that we see people do, such as kicking really hard mm-hmm. and, um, and over kicking. And when I was doing that, I was, I was exhausted after 20 meters of it. So it's like, okay, it's a good indication of like what people are going through if I yep. try and, replicate that so from that initial video um it was the kick and there was something else but i can't remember was it the breathing like, it was um i want to say kick and breathing i'm trying to remember because i know another big thing early on but i don't know if it was in that first video was <clears throat> i was plunging my upper body too deep in the water but i think oh, that that's that right. came that I can't remember. I don't think that was in the first video. I definitely remember the kicking from the first video though. Mm. Yeah. So when you, when you got that first uh, lot of feedback, mm-hmm. um, you went back and, and tried to change it. What happened, what happened there and what sort of did you, did you experience? Yeah. And that, you know what, now that you, you pose that question, the plunging my body too deeply, that's what happened after I tried to fix it. Right. So the kicking, right. Like I, as I, as I'm, two things relate to that. As I mentioned, like, I'm not a very big person. I am, I have like a slender, have always generally skewed skinny, but like when I'm working out and running more athletic build. Um, and so like decently muscular, which just feels like I sink. And I've, I've interesting story had a, a, a woman I was dating who was like, no, everybody floats in the ocean. We'll go out to the ocean, watch you'll float in the ocean. And she's like, lay your head back. And I sank like a rock, even in the ocean. <laughs> so I, I think I'm one of those like negatively buoyant folks. And so I was kicking so aggressively because that was the only way I could get what felt like any float. Um, because if I, I felt like if I slowed down any at all, my back end would just drag and sink. And then the rest of me would eventually sink, especially, um, 
especially after 25 yards or the tail end of 25 yards. And so when you gave me that feedback, I really tried to be thoughtful about slowing it down, but then it would also, it would then immediately cause my legs to sink. So then what I started doing to compensate was I started plunging my hands deep down into the water as I went like through each stroke. And so that kept my back end up but my front end was kind of like doing this in the water. So it created a like new problem. A submarine. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then, so I still was only able to do 25, 50 yards because when I would go for, I would plunge down, legs would stay up. But when I had to breathe, I had to come up all of this. So I was like swimming like this. You know? yeah, a um, dolphin, but for the wrong reasons. Yeah. I was going to say like a dolphin without doing that highly technical, technical, <laughs> great looking dolphin kick that like professional swimmers do. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, and over the like, and then after that, um, like not too long after that, you you joined the stroke analysis, so we started working mm-hmm. together there, and it's like I'd, I'd describe it as being a slow and steady uh, progress, and mm-hmm. some things will change, and then they might regress a little bit, but we get back on top of them, and it's just this continual, um, you know, climbing up the mountain. Um, mm-hmm. I think yeah, climbing up the mountain with the yo-yo, where it's like yes, yep. improving, improving. Uh, okay, going back a bit, and we yep. but. Overall, that trajectory's gone upwards, and to the point where obviously you swam that you know that continuous distance twice because it wasn't a mm-hmm. fluke, and yeah. um, and you mentioned that it was a lot sooner than what you had expected to to be able to do that as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> to be clear, uh, the the thousand yards there was no time frame or timetable to hit that because that was still in the impossible realm. Like the thousand <laughs> yards. Uh, maybe three weeks ago might as well have been the 1.2 mile distance for the full half Ironman swim, to be honest. Um, I actually ended up swimming for the first time, the thousand yards on accident because you and I had been going back and forth. And I think I had decided of my own accord, I needed to push myself because I've been swimming consistently because this happened in, I want to say early November. So this is all very, very recent as of um, the time we're sitting here talking. And as like, at this point, I've been swimming consistently, minimum two swims, of two hour long swims a week. Usually I'm hitting three sessions a week. My swim cardio is up. So, and I'm also, I'd started running more distance. So like general cardiovascular fitness is much greater. So in my head, and as I was rationalizing it, I was like, it can't all be, cardiovascular fitness or swim fitness as I like accepted that excuse when I started. So some of this has to be mental block. So I just, I have to push and try. And so I started Mm. with, I think trying to do 200 and just accepting, like, I'm going to go to a pool where um, there's a few uh, in new Orleans. And the one that I use doesn't have like a deep end, like the deepest is maybe like five and a half feet. So I'm going to go to that pool and I'm going to push it and try to do 200 yards because worst case scenario, if, and I'm going to push it to the point where like, not I'm worried, not I'm nervous, not I'm afraid. Like I physically have to stop and I'm going to push to that point. And if I do worst case that happens is like, I stand up and I'm out of breath and it sucks and I'll have to go to the, to the, to the edge of the pool, but I'm going to push it. And so I went to do the 200 and I think, somewhere along the way, like I did the hundred and it was okay. And then around 150, I got really tired, but I was like, I've I've got to do it. And somewhere along the way of doing the 200, I lost track and I ended up doing like 250 or 300 based on like the watch (laughs) measurement. Cause I just like lost count. I was so fixated on being out of breath and like freaking out that I was like, so funny, I, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know if I hit it, so I got to keep going. But I had hit it, and the keep going was like an extra 50 or 100 <laughs> yards. And so I think that was – I wrote you that first note saying like, holy smokes. And what I realized is in the the private coaching chat, you had already written to me that it was time to start pushing it <laughs> because you thought some of it was you know mental limitations. And so I was like, oh, well, as it turns out, I've already – I've already met your challenge without knowing it. And you, yeah, as right. a good coach uh, is apt to do, doubled down and said, okay, well, now go 350 or whatever it was. I think it was 350. And so I was like, oh, shit, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry for talking <laughs> about that. But that was, that was my real reaction after reading your note and knowing I was heading to the pool that day. Like, 
oh man, what a, okay. All right. I got to do this though. I got to do it. And, you know, kind of back to the point of hitting a thousand sooner than I thought a thousand was not on my radar period. I was not thinking about hitting a thousand with any sort of time frame, other than I need to be able to swim 1.2 miles to do this half Ironman that I'd like to do sometime at the end of 2022. That was the only way I thought about swimming a thousand yards. Instead, the metric I'd set for myself was <clears throat> when I started out on this, uh, restarted this journey at the end of summer of this year, I said, look, by the end of 2021, you need to be able to swim 500 yards without stopping because in my brain, when I was looking at those Tower 26 and the other triathlon-specific swim workouts, other triathlon coaches that tried to give me, like the longest thing on there was a 500-yard swim, whether it was a warm-up, a cool-down, or yeah, right. whatever it was. So I was like, oh, if I can physically do that, then I can start the training. And whether or not I can actually swim 1.2 miles, I don't know if we get there, but at least we can start down – the traditional path that everybody has talked to me about, which is like doing these swim workouts as yeah. part of your overall training. So that was my goal. And so when you sent me back to the pool after doing the 200 of the 250 saying, go for 350, I was like, okay. So I, I get in and I'm doing it. And what I found was after about 150, I was very tired and I was not breathing easy at all. Um, and I, that, that, was a, that was a mental limitation for me because when I see videos of people who swim well, and even when I'm at the pool and somebody else is in another lane who I know is a good swimmer because it looks effortless and they're gliding, it looks like they just slowly turn and they take a big gulp of air, maybe spit some out if they've got too much air, and then they turn <laughs> and they go back to it. And it's just like, I'm I, like after 150, I'm... <gasps> I'm gasping. And so it was not comfortable swimming or it was not comfortable breathing. But after 150, I realized like, oh, it's not comfortable. I'm kind of gasping, but I've got enough and I can keep going. And so I'm trying to count in my head. I got to like 300 and it was the same thing where it was, it's not comfortable breathing, but it's enough. And something clicked in that moment while I was swimming, where I realized it feels the same at 150 as it feels at 300. So this isn't, I'm out of breath and I need to stop. This is, I'm uncomfortable. And mm -hmm. this whole process is about pushing past discomfort. So we're going to push, fuck it, let's go. So I keep swimming. And again, I kind of lost count somewhere between whether I was at 300 or whether I was at 350. And I said, let's just keep going because now I feel confident that this is just a, it's discomfort. I'm not going to die in here. I'm not going to like lose all ability to breathe. Let's push past discomfort and let's go for 500 because that's the end of the year goal, which I felt for the first time after I hit that 200, I felt um, hopeful and positive that I'd be able to achieve it by the end of the year. And I said, yo, it, I'm, I'm here. I think I could do it. And if I hit the 500 now, that takes the pressure off the end of the year and I'll feel really good. And so I just kept going for it. And then I had lost count and I was like, okay, now I'm not sure if I'm at 400 or 500, but I'm still feeling that same feeling of it's not comfortable. It's not easy, but I'm getting, I'm getting enough oxygen to keep going. It's uncomfortable as hell, but I'm getting enough. So let's just keep going. And then it just got to the point where I didn't know, I couldn't tell whether I was at one measurement or a hundred ahead of it. So I didn't know it was started with, I don't know if I'm at 300 or 400. Now I don't know if I'm at 400 or 500. And I just kind of was like, screw it. Let's just keep going. And so I just kept going and I was like, assume you're behind and um, just try to hit five. And once I hit five, I was like, I just keep going. And I just kept going and I just kept going and I just kept going. And it kept being that same feeling of it's not comfortable, but I'm not dying. I'm literally not dying and I'm getting enough breath to keep going. Okay. And then finally I was like, ah, I think I'm probably somewhere around like 900. This is incredible for the guy <laughs> who three months ago was struggling to swim 50 yards 
this is an accomplishment. I came up and I stopped swimming. And I will tell you, Brenton, I looked at my, I swim with a, a, a Garmin and it said a thousand yards. I thought for sure that was wrong. <laughs> I, it also said that I'd been swimming. The, the, the measurement was 21 minutes. As a matter of fact, you know what? I might have, I don't think I had my Garmin that day. I think I just had my Apple Watch because I left my Garmin at home. And so the Apple Watch, I just like, is more off with my stroke count. So I thought for sure it was wrong. And I was like, this is going to end up having been, you know, freaking maybe 300 yards. And, and when it said a thousand and I'd been swimming for 21 minutes, for a brief moment, I thought, perhaps I did die in this pool. And I am, <laughs> I am hallucinating. I'm in heaven, and I'm in this like this, this heaven where I'm a good swimmer. All of a sudden, this makes no sense. The idea that I swam for 21 minutes without stopping—that was impossible as of when I got in the pool, like earlier in that session. And I will tell you, my only saving grace, and I'm just so grateful that I had done this this day. My Girlfriend was out of town, and so I didn't have her to shoot video with the GoPro and the the extended kind of selfie stick. So I suction cupped the GoPro to the side of the pool to be able to kind of send you some video of me doing what was supposed to be like the 300 or 350 assignment. And I was like, I'll be able to count on (laughs) the GoPro video. And I had done it, and I think I even took two days to send you the note saying that I did the thousand because I wouldn't send it until I had time to download the video and watch <laughs> back and forth multiple times. And so it just ended up being this thing where it wasn't anything I intended to do. I didn't have a goal for when to hit a thousand. I had a goal for when to hit five hundred, which was like aspirationally end of this year. So. Yeah, I know you. That was a long answer to you. Asked me what was the, when was the time frame for a thousand? I would say February thirty second. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't have it in mind at all. It's uh, oh, that's it's so um, like I have a feeling in the next like six to twelve months you'll you know you look back at where you were when you started and be like, wow, okay, that's int- I can't believe I was like struggling to make you know fifty meters and I had to take that that rest and look, it might be the case case now, but it's like, it's such a huge transformation. And what like, what sort of sort of comes to mind for me is with that breathing, I, I wonder if it's just because obviously with the water, you, when you're in the water, you get your breath and your face is in the water and you've got no option except to, you know, to get that next breath when your face is out. So unlike Mm -hmm. being out, you can breathe whenever you like. And that it's that uncomfortable feeling of you have to sort of control your breath that way. Do you feel as though like that's the thing that was like this is a bit uncomfortable, but I can do it. Um, but initially, it's like uh, it feels like I'm going to die because I I can't breathe in when my face is in. It, does that sound yeah. like it's right for you? <clears throat> no, that that's absolutely spot on. And you know what you and I have a side thread that you and I have had for maybe the last month, maybe starting two weeks before I hit the thousand for the first time is this idea of working on um, doing some breath work. And I had started around the same time that I signed up for Tower 26 and signed up for the Effortless Swim general subscription. I'd started some pranayama training. And I think the way you just described it is exactly it. And what I realized, the pranayama training has been grateful for helping to expand my lungs and like thinking about the idea of breath and breath control and being thoughtful about the breath. And you sent me some, some helpful notes on um, what you do, like even the little practice you have as you're heading to the pool. And what I've realized as I started to think about that is even with pranayama training or anything unrelated even to swimming, where you think about the idea of breath control, I think most people think about it in the concept of like, <gasps> take a breath in, how much, how long can I hold that when you've got oxygen in? I think the problem with swimming though is, and where the the discomfort comes from is, You need control and to feel comfortable on the exhale. Once it's all of the oxygen is out of your your lungs or you've you've expelled it all, that's where the worry and the concern comes in, right? Mm. And so I think I I did – I've started incorporating a drill that you recommended, the sink downs, where now before I start any swim, I'll do six sink downs where it's just essentially like I'll – 
kind of be up in the water and I'll submerge myself and I'll sit and I'll just expel all the air out of my nose. And then once I feel like it's all out, I push out whatever I feel left is left through my mouth. And I'll just sit there for like at least five seconds. And like my lungs are screaming, whatever part of my reptile brain is freaking out. Like you moron, <laughs> get out of here. You're going to die. <laughs> and I, that's the same thing that's triggering when you're swimming and like you feel like you've exhaled and didn't get enough air with that, whatever your last breath was. And you're not going to die just from like a few more strokes. Like maybe if you keep doing that forever, but like you can get enough air. And so the sink downs, then you, once it's out, you kind of float back up, bring your mouth just above the water, take a breath and then do it right back down so that you get your body used to, because uh, <clears throat> you have to get your body used to the rhythm and concept of you fully expel. You're going to get a short window with your mouth out of water to breathe in air and you're going right back to it. Because I think the struggle for a lot of folks, especially if you don't have a background as a swimmer and with that rhythm of breathing is when you fully exhale and your body goes into this panic, oh crap moment, and there's no oxygen in there, then immediately the thought is I need to start gasping and getting air in as quickly as possible. But you can't do that if you continue to swim because you're only going to get that brief moment to get air and you're back to the same thing. So it's getting comfortable with, okay, my body is freaking out. I'm fine. Get a little bit of air and then go right back to it. And that, that's been a, exactly the way you described it. And I, the only thing I would, would add is that that bit of the freak out comes from holding your breath when there is not any lungs or isn't any uh, air in your lungs. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's good. I, so the Alex Butchie's podcast, it was fairly recent. So maybe three or four before this episode, um, we, he talks about breath control and that was, that was really good as, as well as one I've, I've done with Darren Stajanovic from dynamic breathwork. Um, mm -hmm. they're really good episodes to listen to for anyone who's listening to, to this podcast. Uh, and yeah, I think like the breathing it, we don't consider it very often because it's just, we just do it. But when mm -hmm. we do, think about it and, and practice a couple of basic exercises. I think it allows us to be able to control our, our head a bit more and mm -hmm. to, um, and, and a number of other things as well. Like for me, the one that I mentioned to you was on my way to the pool in the mornings, I'll normally do some box breathing. So it's five in, hold at the top for five, exhale for five, and then hold it at the bottom for five. And I'll just do that 10, 15 minutes on my way to the pool as I'm driving in. And when I do that, I find that in the main set, if it's a difficult one, like we're working pretty hard. So on Mondays, we've been doing like a um, 800, um, four by one, and then 600, and then four by one, and a 400, four by one. And it's like just getting faster and faster. Mm -hmm. I find within that set, I, I feel like I'm just, I'm under control. I'm keeping really calm and collected, even though the pace is, is right up there. And I feel as though it's, it's because of that breath work at the start where it just sort mm -hmm. of puts you in that parasympathetic um I butcher this every time, but you know, it's, it, it's that, uh, phase or that stage where you're not, you're not panicked, you're, you're relaxed and your parasympath parasympathetic nervous system is, um, is the one that's sort of taken over there. And that's like fight or flight, you know, it's, yeah, yep. we're not in that stage. And so I think I find that sets me up really well. And the other one that's quite beneficial too, is holding your breath of uh, holding it at that full exhale. So mm -hmm. there's a, uh, oxygen advantage is a like quite a well-known breathwork um, company. And one of the things that I saw them post recently and I posted it for a while is that when you have nothing in your lungs, it doesn't take long for your mind to go, Oh crap. Like, all right, start to panic. Cause you need to breathe. And yep. all like, all that is, is just your mind, you know, panic is your mind panicking. And yep. um, if we can just train ourselves to go, it's actually okay. You know, it's, you've got, you got a long time. You've probably got a full minute before you really have to start to breathe. Yep. Then, um, yeah, then we can just start to get our mind under control. And so obviously we don't want to get to that point when we're swimming freestyle where we're like, Oh shit, you got to breathe every time. <laughs> yeah. We want it just to be, feel normal. But, yep. um, I think it's a good way to practice it. So what I'll often do is like, if I'm walking somewhere, I'll sometimes just like take a few breaths in and out and then I'll exhale everything. I might walk 15, 20 steps. And by that time, like, Oh crap, got to breathe. And yeah. then I'll, I'll just keep training that. And it's just training my mind to be able to keep cool. Um, and I know it's similar stuff to what some of the big wave surfers do is it's just training your, your head to, um, to stay calm. I think that last bit is a phenomenal suggestion, Britton. Um, after you and I have started talking, I started doing the same thing, just like walking around or 
like sitting still and holding after the exhale. And I, I don't go more than like three or four seconds. And like, my brain is going crazy. And I was like, Oh yeah, this is, and this is me (laughs) sitting out here with as much oxygen as I want. And of course this is causing a freak out when I'm in the water. And this kind of connects to the point I was making in the beginning where I was highlighting that Mr. Fish would start with folks and say, let's make sure you're comfortable with the water. And I scoffed at that thinking like, yeah, I don't, I'm comfortable with the water. I don't have that problem, but I'm not, I haven't been comfortable with the water because it exasperates this freak out in that fight or flight deal where it's like, I, this is, I'm not okay. I'm not okay. But the, the more I've done work to say like, no, you're okay. And even the sink downs are getting easier um, to tolerate where like, I'll sit down there and like take five seconds. Whereas before it was a struggle to like, as soon as all the air was out, I would be on my way up. I wouldn't even be able to sit still for a full second. I'd have to, because I would worry that something would go wrong as I was floating to the top for the breath. So I would cheat it. And so now yeah. I'll sit at the bottom <laughs> and then I'll start to float up. And I, it's exactly as you were saying, conditioning your mind to be like, okay, when you're short on breath in this way, you're okay. Especially for a beginner swimmer who has issues with breath control, issues with breathing, it's going to help you be able to swim further. And like, the the swim conditioning and the cardiovascular fitness will will come with more time in the pool. Yeah, that's right. And the other thing that uh, one thing I want to mention there is that for someone listening to this, they might be newer to swimming and they're similar to yourself a couple months ago. Don't feel like yet when you're swimming, you don't feel like you have to exhale everything completely out of your lungs mm-hmm. where you're like, you know, you're getting every last little bit out before you take your breath in. Like you'll exhale 90, 95% of it. You don't feel like you have to go that extra 10% uh, because sometimes that can lead people to being uh, like to just over exhaling and then mm-hmm. they sort of struggle to get that breath. Uh, but the other thing is I, I reckon a lot of people similar to yourself a few months ago, some of that uncomfortable feeling comes from just holding the breath a little bit because when we, when we swim, it's generally like you get your breath in, you kind of hold your breath. Yes, you might exhale mm-hmm. a little bit through your nose, but you're holding your breath for a couple of seconds where your sort of lungs are out here, your sort of rib cage, are, rib cage is uh, stretched a little bit. And a lot of times that can feel a little bit uncomfortable. And so even mm-hmm. just that small, that small part of it can cause some of that discomfort. So um, in this beginner course that, um, that I put together, the very first thing is, is breathing like Mr. Fish, mm. you know, it's like, it, it's an important, important thing. And yeah. one of the exercises there is like, you're just hanging onto the wall, getting the breath in, put your head in, hold it for two or three seconds. And then you just exhale through the nose on the way up and you repeat that 20 mm-hmm. times, 30 times, because that's a similar sort of breath pattern that you'll have when you, when you swim. Um, and you're just training that sort of breath pattern because a lot of people are uncomfortable in that breath hold phase where it's two or three seconds. So I think that can be where some of it, some of it comes from where a bit of of panic compared to just when you're out of the water, it's like in, out, in, out, there's no hold at all. Yep. Oh yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, Chris, I know we've, um, we've gone for about an hour here. I, I really appreciate, um, really appreciate you jumping on the podcast because it's, um, it, it makes my, it makes more than just my day when I sort of see someone who like yourself, who's had these kind of results. And from when, you know, you thought like swimming a thousand yards was like, you know, maybe another year or two away, um, to have that sort of confidence and belief in, in what you can do. And I mean, once you've done that, you know, you could really, you could essentially, you could swim 2000 yards. It's not really that much difference apart from a bit of swim fitness. So you've kind of got over that, that bigger hurdle of, you know, two or 300 yards, I think. So it's, it's awesome to see. And, um, yeah, I appreciate you sharing your your journey uh, on the podcast here because uh, I know for a lot of people it's uh, it's hard to swim fifty or hundred yards, but to see that it's possible, it, it really gives a lot of other people that sort of belief. Yeah, look, and, and man, I just want to re- reiterate my thanks for having the opportunity to to come on the podcast and kind of share a bit about my swim background. It feels nice to be able to say that. I actually just last <laughs> week was uh, telling my girlfriend and a few friends, I, I got to stop saying I can't swim. I was calling my swim sessions my modified drowning sessions, but I can actually <laughs> swim now. And so I'm tremendously <laughs> grateful to you. And I'll give a plug that maybe you won't. Like if folks are listening, I would consume as much effortless swim content as you can check out the videos on YouTube, listen to the podcast. And I would sign up at minimum for the, the general subscription because it's not very much money. You get access to a ton of resources, workouts, other videos. And I would just consume as much of that as you can because um, that helped me tremendously. 
Yeah, I appreciate that question. I'm going to add that beginner course uh, as soon as it's ready to the membership. So if you are listening to this and your where Quest was a couple of months ago, um, that'll be available for, for members. And you've got that opportunity as well to record some video and send it for our monthly monthly call because um, I know for a lot of people, sometimes it's just like you just need like that one or two bits of information that's specific to you mm-hmm. to like just kind of take the handbrake off. And that's kind of what it was uh, for you with the kicking, I think, because yeah, yep. that was one of the, the big ones. And, and like you just don't know what you don't know. You know, if yep. I was to go into... Like riding horses, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have a clue what I was doing, doing wrong, you know? So right, it's right, like, right. yeah, sometimes you just need start, a little bit of help and that can sort of kickstart the journey. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wholeheartedly agree. So uh, thanks again, Quest, and uh, you will no, no doubt be keeping in touch, but uh, yeah, thanks again for being on the podcast. Thank you, man. I appreciate you. Thanks for listening to the Effortless Swimming Podcast. If you'd like us to help you become a faster, more efficient swimmer, go to www.effortlessswimming.com.